This message was recorded at World Changes Church Gold Coast. It is our hope and mission that you further your understanding of grace and are empowered for change. Hallelujah. Well, I just want to welcome you all to World Changers Church Gold Coast. Amen. Give God a big hand clap of praise. Amen. On behalf of our senior pastors, Dr. Creflo and Taffy Dollar, we just want to say thank you so much for being in the house this morning, to be in fellowship with us this morning. We are honored, and um, I give honor to our senior pastors. I believe they've been in several countries and I think possibly on a way to another. So we just give God uh, just praise for their lives and know that um, they're going to go and just spread this message and gospel of grace to every heart that they encounter as well. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm Pastor Tina, and I just want to say welcome to those of you that it's your first time here at World Changers. We are, again, honored that you would choose World Changers to come and visit this morning. And, you know, I have to say this, that if you don't have a home, you are welcome to position yourself in that seat or any seat here and receive nothing but the grace, the unmerited favor of God. Amen. Amen. I think I strained my vocal cords a little bit from singing this morning. I have a confession. I was singing last night too. Amen. (laughs) But praise God. He is good. He is good. Last week I started ministering on um, a, a series entitled Help I Am Afraid to Give. And this series, a lot of people think that when we say give, we talk in the realm of finances. Well, it's not only in the realm of finances. Last week we covered, it's also in the realm of of giving anything. It could be grace. It could be love. It could be kindness. It could be forgiveness. It could be encouragement. It could be uh, wisdom, your giftings, your talents, serving. Um, It can also be in your finances as well. And um, we know that in, in Timothy, 2 Timothy 1 and 7, the word says that God did not give us the spirit of fear. He has given us power, love, and a sound mind. So anytime that we, we feel fear in a certain area, uh, particularly as we are talking this morning, giving, if we begin to feel fear, we know that that is not from God. I've encountered people in their life that they think that if they give, if they give wisdom, that, you know, someone is going to take their wisdom and maybe do a little bit better than, than them or take their idea and uh, benefit from it. And, and thus resorting, they think that it will leave a void in their life. A lot of people think that when they give of their finances that there's a negative and that there's a loss. But we all know that in the kingdom of God that when we give anything, it does not return void. Amen. So in the realm of fear, you know, I don't know how many of you this morning have ever dealt with fear. How many? We want to be real. Yeah. I've dealt with fear as well. I have to say that even in the journey here to Australia, there was some fear, (laughs) particularly in the realm of the unknown. I did not know what to expect. 
but we have the ability to actually move past that fear. I believe that we are not people that are made up to to inhabit fear, that we are people of faith. The word says that each one of us has the measure of faith, not a measure, but the measure of faith. So we are made by God according to the word that we all are made up to walk in a faith realm. The Bible says that we are to walk by faith and not by what we see. And let me tell you, if I walked by what I saw, I would probably be in the bed this morning, to be honest. (laughs) Just to glorify God, I actually have three bulging discs, amen? Yeah, so instead of being in the bed, I had, we went evangelizing Friday, Bill, for what, three hours, going and, and blessing people. Um, yesterday, uh, planting pl- plants on the beach line, picking up rubbish, and then this morning standing here today. So we are not made to walk by what we see, how we feel, but we are people of faith, that we walk by faith. So in the realm of giving, There is a faith element. We have to believe that as people in Christ, that when we give, whether we give of our time, whether we give of our finances, if we give our wisdom, if we give our love, if we give our forgiveness, we have to believe that we are never shortchanged because we are in Christ. (coughs) Actually, in Romans 5, it says that, You know, being in Christ, we are never shortchanged. That it's quite the contrary. That when we are in alert expectancy, we cannot round up enough containers to hold all that the Holy Spirit will pour into our lives. Amen? So according to the word in Christ, we are never shortchanged. We are sufficient. We can do all things. We have access to everything that's been made available to us even in the realm of wealth. Let's go to Deuteronomy 8 and 18. I just want to touch on here. I think I mentioned it, but let's go ahead and read it. Deuteronomy 8 and 18. I have my son back there doing the scriptures. Let's give him a hand clap of praise for giving his time. Amen. Every Sunday morning. But you shall earnestly remember the Lord your God, For it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So we actually have the wisdom to get wealth. Meaning, wealth, of course, is in the realm of of everything in the realm of prosperity. We have the wisdom to get um, creative ideas and concepts for our businesses, for our jobs. I believe that when we are in Christ and when we are employed or whether you have a, a, a business that you have launched, that you are favored. The people that you come in contact with are favored as well, that you can be a ble- blessed to be a blessing. So when it comes to fear, that's one of Satan's deception is that we fear the promises of God. We have a fear that the promises of God will not come to pass or that it won't happen because we're not seeing it happen. So then fear will begin to speak to us, but we have to cast down those thoughts because fear will create 
an unbelief issue. God can operate in every realm of our lives except for unbelief. If you believe that, you know, you don't have the power to create wealth for your life, guess what? You're not going to have, you're not going to receive it. If you do not believe that, um, whatever it is, you know, if you don't believe that you cannot be forgiven from a sin that may be or a mistake that you made, well, you are forgiven because it's the word. But God cannot operate and move in the realm of your unbelief. Everything is, is hinging upon believing. Amen? So we do not need to have fear when it comes to the realm of giving. Help, I am afraid, to give. So in Christ, we have this unmerited favor of God working in our lives. You know, we talked about, we sung a song this morning. It says, I am who he says I am. Well, we are favored. We are chosen. We are not forsaken. We are the apple of his eye, the lover of his soul. He's so mindful of us. So we are who he says that we are. And we have his unmerited favor that works in our lives. And we cannot help but to give because of the favor and the blessings in our lives. Amen. I believe that giving is actually an act of trust in God. Darren, I talked about trust this morning. <coughs> when we believe and know that God is our source, we place our full trust in him. We fully rely on him as our source. Amen. Then we open up to a realm that we can see the impossible become possible in our lives. Amen. Because it's available to us. So giving is an act of trust in God. And when we are favored in him and realize just how much favor we have, we cannot help but to give, to give grace, to give kindness, to give help, to give of our finances, to give of our wisdom, to give of our encouragement, to give. The Bible says that freely we have received, so then therefore freely we are going to give. In the streets of um, when we went Friday morning to evangelize, we had such an amazing time. And I saw some, some of you, you know, um, that are in here this morning giving in the realm of evangelism. Some were giving wisdom when they were talking to people about evolution and, and different things of that. I saw people giving gift cards to bless someone, and, and the person said, Thank you so much. I actually needed this this week. We prayed for two guys. They were actually selling club vouchers to a nightclub. And um, I suppose trying to get us to purchase because, yeah, if he could really see me, he would realize I'm not club, going to clubs. So had a very interesting conversation when he realized that um, I am a pastor and a Christian, but then we ended up praying for the two guys. And I just spoke into their lives that they're going to revolutionize their generation because they have the power to receive wealth, and that uncommon creativity and wisdom was theirs, and that God would provide everything. 
And they were so excited and almost dumbfounded in a way, looking at us like, wow, this is the weirdest but greatest thing ever. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. But it was amazing, amazing time on the street. So having no fear when it comes to giving, whether it's speaking to people, encouraging people, I don't know about you, but I believe it's a time that we are not to hold back. You know, the Bible talks about being a light to this world. We need to share this light with people. We need to give them what we have received by loving them, by giving love, by giving wisdom, by giving creative ideas and concepts, by speaking into their lives, by showing them what forgiveness really looks like. And what restoration of the power of God looks like. Amen? Not to be afraid to give. His grace accomplishes things in our lives that we could never do on our own. Amen? When we believe his word, his promises, and when we realize just exactly what we have access to in him can revolutionize your life and the life of others. And it can accomplish things that we can never do on our own. And then it can move us to become generous givers. Amen. I want to talk about the realm of help this morning, of giving help. Let's first talk about several reasons why people are afraid to give. I believe one of the (coughs) biggest things is our mindset. We begin to believe fear instead of taking those steps of faith and believing the word of God. We think that we are shortchanged when in Christ we are never shortchanged. Another reason could be hurt. I'm afraid to give because I have been hurt. I cannot tell you the number of people that I have encountered from former pastors to leaders in a church, to evangelists, to people that were running ministries, to, um, you know, just people attending church and serving church that they say, you know what, (coughs) I can't and I won't because I have been hurt. And so what that hurt has done is it has hindered them, it has stopped them, it has blocked them, and they have fallen into a state of I'm in fear, and I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt again. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I can tell you I understand. Amen? And I get it because hurt is real in this world. But I can tell you, though, because of the unmerited favor of God and the love of God, the word says that love conquers all. And when you go into that secret place with him and shut everything else out, and when you go to that place in him is where you find your restoration. And then you begin to have hope again. You begin to believe again. You begin to have faith again. You then become connected again. And no longer are you afraid to give in the realm of the purpose that God has created you to be. Amen? He being our source 
instead of the hurt being our source. He being our source of healing. And, you know, how does it work that we can be so hurt by, by people and continue to do what God has called us to do? It is such a supernatural thing that it takes faith to believe that God is my source. I am never shortchanged in him. I know who I am because he says who I am and nothing else defines me and you. Amen. So several reasons why people are afraid to give, as I sp- spoke about, is fear, being shortchanged, and hurt. You know, some people I've heard, they say, you know, I've given, you know, five hours of my time a week, and, you know, they just use me, and, um, and I'm just going to leave because all they do is take. Well, I would ask, did you give your time? Or did you lend your time? Because there is a difference. Because if you give of your time, you're not going to expect anything in return. But that's where you have to be led by the Spirit of God. In all things that you do, be led by the Spirit of God. Because when you are led and directed by the Spirit of God, you make sure that your yeses are yes and amen, and your noes are no and and amen too. Amen? And that keeps you in the realm of doing what He would want you to do versus what you want to do and potentially get in a mindset of feeling shortchanged or possibly even hurt. Amen? All right, so let's talk about some ways that we can express giving. Um, help. We read some scriptures last week. I just want a couple, a few more. First Thessalonians 5 and 14, if we could go there, please. Again, God's grace enables our giving, and generous giving results a generous return. If we hold back on our giving, it results in a hold back in our return. And we earnestly beseech you, brethren, admonish, warn, and seriously advise those who are out of line, the loafers and disorderly and the unruly. Encourage the timid and faint-hearted. Help and give your support to the weak souls and be very patient with everybody, always keeping your temper. So in here it says to those that, you know, may be faint-hearted, those that may have encountered hurt, those that are a little timid, which is being afraid, help them. Give your support when they're in a weakened state. Speak to them, encourage them, help them, offer kindness to them. I don't know about you, but when someone comes and it so encouraged us this morning, I know me particularly, Darren, for you calling us up and praying around us, you know, that was, that was speaking into our hearts and speaking into our lives. So thank you for your obedience. But those of you that made encountered words of encouragement that someone's came along and helped you, helped raise your arms in a time that you were feeling a little afraid or feeling a little faint hearted and they give their support to you, it's like a power boost, you know. I mean, we have the the Word of God, but it's nothing like a brother and a sister coming beside you and saying, you know what, I believe in you, and I know you can, and I know you will. It's like a power boost. It's wonderful. 
Um, James 1 and 27. Let's go there as well. External religious worship, religion as it is expressed in outward acts, that is pure and unblemished in the sight of God, the Father is this, to visit and help and care for the orphans and widows in their affliction and need, and to keep oneself unspotted and uncontaminated from the world. So it's saying that, you know, pure religion is to go and visit and help and care for the orphans the widows, and those that are afflicted and also in need. Amen? To be mindful of that. We can also give grace and mercy. Let's go to Colossians 4 and 6, another way that we can give, Colossians 4 and 6. It says, Let your speech at all times be gracious, pleasant, and winsome, seasoned as it were with salt, so that you may never be at a loss to know how you ought to answer anyone who puts a question to you. So this is giving grace in the realm of our speech. We can give our speech that is gracious. It's seasoned with salt, with the truth of God, with, with the love of God. Let's go to Ephesians 4 and 29. Ephesians 4 and 29 says, Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech that is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion, that it may be a blessing and give grace or God's favor to those who hear it. So we can speak by giving grace to other people, another way that we can give. Luke 6 and 36 says, So be merciful, sympathetic, tender, responsive, and compassionate, even as your Father is all of these. So again, giving grace and mercy by the things that we say to other people. Romans 12 and 18. Let's go there as well. Romans 12 and 18. If possible, as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Another way that we can give is to live at peace with everyone, to give grace by the things that we say and how we encourage, to come alongside people, to help people in their time of need, to encourage them and to build them up. Amen. You know, I believe that giving is, is a language of God's heart, you know. John three sixteen it says that, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, one thing that I know is that love always gives. It doesn't just take. Love gives. And I believe that what God is saying this morning is that, He's raising up a people that understand this. Can you imagine if, if God the Father, if he would have, you know, debated about sending Jesus, you know, or had fear about sending Jesus? Well, you know, the outcome is not going to be good or, you know. Sometimes God will ask us to do things that, maybe a little bit different, or that we may never, ever see anything in return. 
I believe that's why the Bible says that freely we give because freely we have received. I also believe that when we realize that we are free in Christ and just how free we really are, that gives us the ability to freely give. Amen? Because there's a relation with freedom and giving. If we don't have freedom in our hearts and our minds, then we're not going to express giving, love, kindness, grace, mercy. Amen? We have to realize that it is through love that it conquers all things. Amen? Amen. So let's also go to um, kindness, giving kindness. Colossians 3, 12 through 15. Colossians 3, 12 through 15. It says, And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule. Let it act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds and that peaceful state to which as members of Christ, one body, you are also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. So allow the peace of God to, to rule in your heart. And I love this part that it says that it acts as an umpire continually. I know sometimes trouble comes and things come and we really want to act one way or maybe we do act one way. But if we have the peace of God as our filter, as our umpire to catch it in our heart, that's when we keep and we remain in that peaceful state. And it says here, to which the member of Christ of one body was called to live. Too often we get discontent, we get restless, we get unsettled in the body or where God has called us to. And we feel this pulling or tugging and thinking, do I leave? Is it my time to go? What do I do? You know, just start giving. Just start giving. Because you'll be fulfilled if you give. Amen? But sometimes we allow discontentment and restlessness to take over, the fear to take over, and it just shuts us down and shuts us up and shuts us off. Amen? But let the peace of God guard your heart. Let's go to Proverbs 11 and 17. Proverbs 11 and 17. The merciful, kind, and generous man benefits himself, for his deeds return to bless him. But he who is cruel and callous to the wants of others brings on himself retribution. So here it says the merciful, kind, and generous man benefits himself. I don't know about you guys, if you've ever done, you know, given, uh, maybe it was your time, maybe it was taking a meal to someone, maybe it was, you know, hosting a seminar or something that you gave your wisdom, or maybe it was a, a mentor-mentee relationship that you were giving wisdom, or maybe it was you gave money to bless someone, and just the very thought and the act of doing that, you just felt so fulfilled knowing that you have done exactly what the Spirit of God has told you to do. There is nothing more fulfilling than to 
give and to do and to walk according to the way that the Holy Spirit would have us to do. Amen? So God be in our source. Amen? It is 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 24. Now, this is the Apostle Paul, and he was, um, in this letter, it was to the church of Macedonia. And this church is actually a great example of giving generously and how they gave willingly as well. So 2 Corinthians 8, we're going to start in verse 1, and then we're going to go through 24 if that's okay. All right, we want to tell you further, brethren, about the grace, the favor, and spiritual blessing of God, which has been evident in the churches of Macedonia, arousing in them the desire to give alms. Got it too? For in the midst of an ordeal of severe tribulation, their abundance of joy and their depth of poverty together have overflowed in wealth of lavish generosity on their part. I love how it says, in the midst of their ordeal or severe tribulation, they had an abundance of joy. Amen? Let's go on to two or three. For as I can bear witness, they gave according to their ability And yes, beyond their ability, and they did it voluntarily. So here they were. The word is saying that they were in some kind of severe tribulation, but they had a joy, and they gave, and they gave according to their ability. And it says even beyond their ability, and they did it voluntarily. Let's go to four. Begging us most insistently for the favor and the fellowship of contributing to this ministration for the relief and support of the saints in Jerusalem. Now, was this gift of theirs merely the contribution that was expected? But they, but first they gave themselves to the Lord and to us. So it says they did not first give of their ability, they first gave of their selves to the Lord and to the body, which is his agents by the will of God, entirely disregarding their personal interests. Too often in the body of Christ, the personal interest, thinking of yourself, will deter, will delay, will distract, will detour your purpose and your calling. It will create discontentment, will create uneasiness. So the church of Macedonia, in severe tribulation, they have joy. They gave of their abilities above and beyond, but first they gave themselves to the Lord and to the body. They gave as much as they possibly could, having put themselves at our disposal to be directed by the will of God. Let's stop right there before we go on. See, Paul was the sent one. Paul was the one to establish as an apostle the church of Macedonia. Paul was the apostle establishing the gospel of grace there, really. The message, Jesus Christ there. 
And so inside this church, you had a body of people and tribulation giving, giving above and beyond. But first, giving themselves to the Lord, disregarding their personal interest, putting themselves aside. Being directed by the will of God. Amen. And for some reason here, I just have to, I just have to pause for a moment. You know, Pastor Kyle and I, I love my husband so much. It it just is amazing. I think you guys have heard our story for, you know, 13 years. We served and served and served in churches. Now it's been 17 years that we are ser- we've served and serving in churches, still serving today. We put our personal interest aside at the places that we have served at, you know, but always knowing and believing that God had what Pastor Kyle would say, there's more. We always knew, he particularly, always more that God knew that God had more by the people that had spoken over his life, by the visions and dreams that he had saw. But it did not deter us from serving, from being united in the body that God had placed us in, getting past our own personal interest. And a lot of people look at us today and they say, oh, well, you guys have arrived. No, we are still serving Because as a pastor, a lot of people see the platform, but as a pastor, you still serve. And you probably serve more than than we ever did just sitting in in a seat and serving in a church with another pastor. So even walking in your calling, you still have to put your own personal interest aside because it's God's way. It's the Spirit of God, not your way ever. And as a pastor, I continually have to give forgiveness. I continually have to give help. I continually have to give grace. I continually have to give encouragement. But you know what? I love it. I love every moment of it. Every moment of it, I have to take, take some time to rest because with a chiropractor in my back and being mindful of it, but, you know, one afternoon I was resting my back and was in the Word, and I was like, goodness, but I just really want to go here and do this. And God's like, nope, just, just be with me. And I'm like, okay, okay, God, I'll do that. But the church of Macedonia, Macedonia, they gave as much as they possibly could, having put themselves at our disposal to be directed by the will of God. Let's move on to six. So much so that we urged Titus that as he began it, he should also complete this beneficent and gracious contribution among you, the church of Corinth. So they had so much that they even... Gave to the church of Corinth. Now, as you abound and excel and are, and are at the front and everything in faith and expressing yourselves in knowledge, in all zeal, and in your love for us, 
See to it that you come to the front now and abound and excel in the gracious work of almsgiving also. So here Paul is saying, oh, let's go back. No, I got to explain this one. That when you're in the front and everything in faith and expressing yourself in knowledge and zeal and your love for us that you may abound and excel in this gracious work of almsgiving also. Let's go to eight. So they were giving their knowledge, zeal, love. I give this not as an order to dictate you, but to prove by pointing out the zeal of others, the sincerity of your own love also. So here Paul is pointing out to the church of Corinth. For you are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly and clearly the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, his kindness, his gracious generosity, his undeserved favor and spiritual blessing, and that though he was so very rich, yet for your sakes he became so very poor, in order that by his poverty you might become enriched and abundantly supplied. So the church of Corinth was becoming acquainted. Let's go back. There was becoming acquainted with the kindness of, of Jesus, the gracious generosity of Jesus, his unmerited and undeserved favor, spiritual blessings, everything that we have available to us through Jesus Christ. They were becoming acquainted with that and how Jesus Here he was seated, you know, in the heavens, and he came down to earth, came down to earth. And a lot of people think that he became poor in um, in, um, money. Well, the, the Pharisees, they cast the lots over his garment that he wore before he went to the cross. Well, people wouldn't be betting. They were basically betting, um, gambling over his garment. It was an expensive garment. So poverty, becoming poor, which means he came here for us. He was in the heavenly realms with, I mean, think about heaven compared to being here on earth. So he left an amazing place to come here to be, give his life for us. Let's go on to to, to 10. It is then my counsel and my opinion in this matter that I give you when I say it is profitable and fitting for you now to complete the enterprise which more than a year ago you not only began, but were the first to wish to do anything about contributions for the relief of the saints at Jerusalem. Let's go on 11. So now finish doing it that your enthusiastic readiness is desiring it may be, be equaled by your completion of it according to your ability and means. Let's go on to 12. For if the eager readiness to give is there, then it is acceptable and welcomed in proportion to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. Give from what you have, not looking at what you don't have. For it is not intended that other people be eased and relieved for their responsibility, but you be burdened and suffer unfairly. Let's go to 14. But to have a quality, share and share alike your surplus over necessity at the present time, going to meet their want and to equalize the difference created by it, so that at some point in time their surplus in turn may be given to supply your want. 
Thus there must be equality. He's saying they give, you give too. As it is written, he who gathered much had nothing over, and he who had gathered, gathered little did not lack. But thanks be to God who planted the same earnest zeal and care in you in the hearts of Titus. For he not only welcomed and responded to our appeal, but he himself was keen in his enthusiasm and interest in you that he is going to you of his own accord. See, he was giving as well, Titus. But we are sending along with him that brother, Luke, question mark, who prays that the gospel ministry is spread throughout all the churches. And more than that, he has been appointed by the churches to travel as our companion in regard to this bountiful contribution, which we are administering for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our eager readiness as Christians to help one another. Again, this whole about the churches, it's about giving, to help, to give and help. Uh, for we are on guard intending that no one should find anything for which to blame us in regard for, to our administration of this large contribution. Go to 21. For we take thought beforehand and aim to be honest and absolutely above suspicion, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. Moreover, along with them, we are sending our brother, um, often put to the test, and I found him zealous, devoted, and earnest in many matters, but who is now more eagerly earnest than ever because of his absolute confidence in you. So they were sending him to them. As for Titus, he is my colleague and shares my work in your service. And as for the other two brethren, they are the special messengers of the churches, a credit to the glory of Christ Jesus. So he was sending brothers to go and help these churches as well. As for Titus, uh, 24, show to these men, therefore, in the sight of the churches, the reality and plain truth of your love. So he's asking them, I'm sending them to you and their enthusiasm and their zeal and their knowledge and their contribution. I'm sending them to you, but also in return, give to them the reality of the plain truth of the, your love, your affection, goodwill, and benevolence, and what good reasons I had boasting about and being proud of you. Okay, I know there was a lot for us to share. But what I want to point out here is the church of Macedonia, they gave willingly because they had experienced God. They had experienced God's favor. They had experienced God's love. So they were joyous, even in severe tribulation. They had so much joy and zeal that they were giving and not just in money, but of their abilities, above and beyond their abilities. Amen? Joy comes from what we know. And the Macedonians obviously knew something that other people and the others did not know because they had this abundance of joy because they had God as their source. Amen? They gave liberally regardless of their financial circumstances in the realm of finances. Proverbs 11 and 25 says, The liberal soul will be made fat. The Macedonians were also motivated as they begged for the opportunity to give. So here the church of Macedonia, they were so on fire for God that they were begging to give. They were begging to give of their abilities, their help, 
their time, their love. So fellowship here comes from a Greek word meaning participation and partnership. They knew what it meant to put God as their source. They knew what it meant to to connect to a body. They knew what it meant to, or to not meant to not only look at their church in Macedonia, but to also give to another church, which was Corinth as well, and the people there. And here, Paul, he didn't keep the brothers to himself, Titus and, and all the other brothers that he sent. He didn't keep them just for one church. He sent them and their purpose to the other churches as well. Giving, giving. When we realize just how much favor we have in God through Jesus Christ, we can't help but to give. And we are gracious in our giving, whether it's our ability, whether it's our zeal, whether it's our purpose, whether it's our finances, if it's our wisdom, if it's our kindness. 1 John 3 and 17, it says, Whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart of compassion from him, how does the love of God dwell in him? Again, this was Paul. He's saying here that anyone with God's love in them, they cannot simply turn away from those in need and refuse to help them. We give because we're not required to, but we give because we are joyful and we are thankful. In Matthew 10, 8, to 8 Matthew 10 and 8, it says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received and freely you give. We have already freely received faith, knowledge, and God's love. Jesus himself told the disciples to freely give what God had blessed them with. This is knowledge, wisdom, kindness, encouragement, help. We are a church here at World Changers that we believe in the grace of God. We believe in the unmerited favor of God. We believe to live a life as if we are living in Jesus Christ and not that we are dying in Jesus Christ. We believe that we should be free in Jesus Christ. And if we are not free and struggling, we know who to go to, whether it be our brothers and sisters, any of the leaders, the connect group leaders, the pastors, and we can, go, we can say, help me. I need you. Help me. I need you. Because that is a sentence that is lacking in the body of Christ. Because I'm standing here to say, to tell you that this world needs you. It needs your voice. It needs your love. It needs your kindness. It needs your encouragement. It needs your purpose. It needs whatever God has destined for you to do on this earth. This world needs you. We told the evangelist it was such an amazing time on the street. Did you enjoy it, Bill? So good, so good. It was an amazing time. We told them, we said, when you talk to people, 
the results are not up to you. Just know that when you speak to them, if it's just a simple God loves you, if it's just an encouragement, if it's a prayer, whatever it is, know that you planted a seed. Sometimes we speak things to people, share things with people, and we think, goodness, well, that didn't feel like what I thought it would feel, or that didn't look like what I thought it would look like. But I am a person that a seed was planted, and the lady never saw that I know of in front of her own eyes my salvation, joining a church, and now serving a church. But she planted a seed, and that seed, I'm going to tell you right now, the Holy Spirit moves in this, this world, but it was like that seed it was a little angel pen that she gave to me. It was like a magnet to me. I could not get past it, and it was a devastating time in my life. I was drawn to it, and all I could think of is, why would she give this to me of all people? Does she not know what I do, what I've done, what I've been doing? But the difference was is she was obedient to the voice of God. And we have the Holy Spirit, just as in the Word, it says that the Holy Spirit is our teacher, our unseen partner, our comforter, our guide, our intercessor. He teaches all things. He brings all things into our remembrance. We could be walking in the supermarket and encounter someone and be like, let me turn around with my my meats and my produce and everything and go tell you what the Lord is saying. Bless a person's heart. But Pastor Kyle and I believe that we are a giving church. We are a church that gives of our abilities, that gives our encouragement, that gives our giftings, our talents, and serving our community. We had a wonderful time at the beach care yesterday at Main Beach. We planted little flowers and picked up our plants, picked up rubbish, talked to some people. It was wonderful. But at this church, we believe we are a gracious church, that we're a giving church, and that we don't hold back. The days of holding back, I believe, are over. The days of caving in to the voice of fear, it's over. The days of restlessness, it's over. It's time to know and and to know where God has sent you, what he has purposed for you to do, and to start doing it. Amen. World Changes Church Gold Coast can be found at Instagram at WCC Gold Coast and on Facebook at World Changes GC. Or you can email us, send to info at worldchangeschurch.com.au. Enjoy the rest of your day and God bless.